This is a podcast from Minute Media. Welcome to Bet and Breakfast, a podcast from BetSided. Hey, does anybody want coffee? Who wants coffee? It's sports betting for everyone. I'm here to tell you today that the New York Yankees season is done. Stick a fork in them, it's over. Lamar Jackson, I can't believe he's that low on the list that he's my bet for sure at this point in the season. Early leans, best bets, props, parlays. If you can bet it, we've got it. I'm taking the over on this. If you look at the last five games, this is a game waiting for points to be scored. Tom Brady, I think everyone's heard of him. If Brady puts up the numbers, they have the 10th easiest schedule the rest of the way. Get in, get out, and you're ready to go. I think they're going to have to give him the award if Dallas ends up locking up this division and possibly even that number one seed. And here are your hosts, Ben Heisler, Ian McMillan, Peter Dewey, Donovan Smoot, and Reed Wallet. What comes before anything? What have we always said is the most important thing? Breakfast family. I thought you meant the things you eat. Bed and breakfast. We are live on a Monday. What's good, everybody? Ben Heisler, Peter Dewey, Reed Wallach. The Monday crew is here as we are with you for the next 15 minutes. We are going to go through our best bets for Monday night. And, and actually, for the first time, we're going through three different slates. I got an NFL play. Peter's got an NBA play. Reed, shocking has a college hoops play. So we will get to those coming up in about 10 minutes or so. We'll also go through our early leans for week 11 in the NFL with opening odds already out. Guys, it's good to see you. It's good to have us back together on a Monday. Um, We all survived the weekend. I don't know if you can necessarily say the same for the Pittsburgh Steelers. They tied with the Detroit Lions. And it got me thinking that if you tie in an NFL game, First of all, I, I kind of have two thoughts on this, and I'm curious to get your guys' opinion on this. The first is that, as a fan, there's a part of me that would rather just take the loss. I think it's more deflating to end a game in a tie, especially if you're playing against a team that does not have a win this season. I don't just rather take the L. You can flush it out of your system, say it was just chalk it up to one bad game. The way in which the Steelers tied felt worse than an actual loss. And the other thing is, is do you consider in Survivor, if you took the Steelers... Is that really a win, even though it's a tie? I don't know how I feel about this. I'm curious to get your guys' perspective on this. Oh, go ahead, Reed. All right, I was going to say there's no way I would take that as a survivor win. There's there's no way. I I can't – I can't – the Steelers also choked that game away. Like, I unfortunately watched that entire game. And, like, there were multiple times they had one in the second half and one in the first half where they had first and goal and they threw the ball three times with Mason Rudolph. Like, is Najee Harris not on the team? Like, what, what are we doing here? He also ran for 100 yards. So I, I was just appalled that they, like, let Mason Rudolph throw the ball 50 times yesterday. Like, I just – it didn't make sense. There's no way I, I'd let them get a survivor win. But if you had a Lions 0-17 ticket, I feel very bad for you. Well, for sure, I feel bad yeah. for them too. I mean, mm-hmm. are you on the same? Are you on the same page, Reed? Like, do you look at that in a survivor context and say it's not a win, it's a tie? Therefore, you shouldn't get credit for the win in Survivor. Yeah, I'm. You should be not that. I think you need to make these like nuances in the rules where you need to cut out as many people as possible. So <laughs> I am totally with tie. You're out. It stinks. I I would hate it, but it is what it is. And. Even more interesting is the Steelers are right in this AFC, uh, the AFC North race, the AFC wildcard race. And like ties, sometimes they help you, they hurt you. Your winning percentage is kind of affected differently. So I'm interested to see how this tie is going to affect the Steelers come playoff time because 
Roethlisberger might not play again next week. I don't think the Steelers are that good to begin with. So I'm interested to see where the Steelers shake out and all this. And now they have to go to LA next Sunday night. By the way, if your philosophy and survivor is to just go against the Lions, um, they play Cleveland yeah, on the road <laughs> next week. And that's not going to make anybody feel better considering what we saw out of the Browns last week as well. I, I have another thought process here. It's a, it's a little bit convoluted. So, so bear with me for a second. <laughs> Just like, you know, ties when you're looking at, you know, all overall records at the end of the season, you know, you're still looking at winning percentage. I feel like the same should apply in Survivor, where you're not technically eliminated, but if you have other people in the Survivor League that don't have a tie, they win. But if everybody else falls out, then the teams that had the tie, but they went out, ultimately get the win basically you don't get credit for it but you don't get completely eliminated either you're sort of you're like that last... purgatory yes you're just yeah and and then you get it, it all it gives you more interest the rest of the season like you're just hanging on it like changes that. your philosophy I, I think it makes it more exciting i i get behind that pete yeah, I, I don't hate it. I it, I just it, it's in. I think I agree with Reed. You have to like outline it, but before the the start of the the pool, because I feel oh, like survivor pool, it's like you're you're winning in advance, and so like if you had the Steelers yesterday, like imagine like rooting for a tie in that overtime because you're like they're not gonna win. The we can't have the Lions win. Like it would be a very weird uh, scenario. But I don't hate yeah. the idea, Ben. And Reed, you were also telling us before we started that your your roommate had the Lions on the money line. I mean, just. What, yeah. Why subject yourself to that on a Sunday? That that would just ruin the day for me. Yeah, his anger turned like it tur like everyone was laughing in the room because it was it, you can't help but laugh. The game was such a disaster that you're saying there, and then he it, or it's a tie, and he's like, well, at least I didn't lose the bet. Like I'm still alive. Or he had it in like a round robin, so he was kind of still willing it along. He's like, okay. but it's better than losing the bet. I mean, I'm gonna get like a third of my value, but I'll take it. I was like, yeah, you didn't lose, and it was hysterical the whole way. I mean, that's watching that happen unfold, especially to one of your buddies, would just be amazing. So I'm glad you had a chance to experience that firsthand. Uh, I want to talk to you guys about opening odds. We've been doing this the last couple of weeks here on Bet and Breakfast, where it's Monday morning. We're up. We've got our coffee. We're we're getting our, our sort of our, our bets together for the week. Um, but what's nice about betting on the opening odds over at WinBet is that you can usually try to find a line that is uh, a fairly uh, fairly solid for you guys before we think the line is going to move. And we've seen this over the last couple of weeks, jumping on these early tends to be an advantageous move. So I'm curious to see where you guys are going this week. I have my team. I know you guys have yours. So Peter, let me start with you here. As far as games that we're looking at right from the get-go, which we think the line could move. We just want to, we'd like that number from the very beginning. Uh, tell me the team or tell me the total that you're going to go with right away here on a Monday. Yeah, Ben, I'm looking at the Bills at home, minus six and a half against the Colts. I, I love this at under a touchdown. If you look at what Buffalo's done at home this year, they're two one and one against the spread, but they're winning by 17 and a half points in those games. So very, very good home team. The Bills have won every single game this season by double digits. Um, and I just was not impressed with Indianapolis on Sunday. I know the Bills had their struggles with the Jaguars in, in week nine, but Colts had that game in the bag in the first quarter, and then they just let the Jags hang around. I haven't loved their offense this year. If they don't get Jonathan Taylor going, and obviously Buffalo has a, a pretty solid defense, I, I don't really believe in Carson Wentz to outduel Josh Allen. So I like this at less than a touchdown, um, especially for Buffalo at home. 
And I just think that the fact that the Indy's coming off this week where they just kind of mailed it in is, is good uh, karma coming in for Buffalo. So, so two quick things on that, because I agree. I, I really like that line. And especially if you're looking at it from a teaser perspective, six and a half is the perfect number to tease down with another game this week as well. I also think about all the goodwill that Patrick Mahomes has gotten over the last several years because Carson Wentz attempted that left-handed pass and nearly got intercepted. And if Mahomes does it, we're all freaking out. We're all excited about it. But if it's Carson Wentz, we're like, God, Carson Wentz just trying to turn the ball over left and right. So the goodwill for Mahomes still exists. What about for you, Reed? Is there, is there a matchup that you're already jumping on from the very beginning? So I, we were talking about early line moves and stuff. And this one, I'm going to wait and see. Because, Ben, I know I think you're going to touch on it, but I think the Niners are kind of live tonight against the Rams. I think they could potentially win that game for several different reasons. But I'm looking ahead to next week. I'm going to be against the Niners. I'm going to wait and see where this line comes out tomorrow post-Monday uh, Night Football. But right now, WinBet, they're plus four and a half against uh, the Jaguars on the road. And there's a lot of factors um, for Jacksonville in the spot. Like Pierre just said, the Jags were able to hang around with Indianapolis. I left a little, you know, they didn't mail it in like Indianapolis maybe kind of took their foot off the gas, but the Jags, they put up a pretty decent showing, in my opinion, um, had a drive at the end to maybe win the game. But really, I like being the Niners here. Kyle Shanahan is a favorite, 11-23 and one against the spread as a favorite. They're going to have a short week going across the entire country. After two straight division games, I think this is a real letdown spot for the Niners. And the Jaguars' rush defense is pretty solid, around league average, and the Niners all based around the run. If this is going to be a Jimmy G game, sure, I'll take the points with the uh, Jaguars. You make a really good point, too, about why, even though we like to be able to go ahead and find a number that we like early, if there's an indication that the public could jump all over a team, then it's also smart to know when mm-hmm. to wait as well. So I, I think that makes a ton of sense. And I'm with you. I, I think the 49ers are very much live here for sort of a plethora of reasons, which we'll get to in a little bit for our best bets here on Monday night. Uh, so I, I think that's a really interesting spot. And especially if they do win against the Rams, a lot of people are going to be on board the 49ers. And let's face it, guys, weird things happen in Jacksonville this year, starting in week one when Aaron Rodgers played against the Saints there uh, because the Saints got displaced. And all of a sudden they ended up losing 38 to three. Uh, speaking of the Saints, they are the play that I really like for this week. Uh, a lot of books open this game uh, at Eagles minus one and a half. Saints are plus one, but WinBet, interestingly enough, opened it up at a pick'em, So they wanted to stay ahead of the movement. I think a lot of bettors saw the fact that the Eagles were favored and that moved the lineup back to that plus one. But you know, give the Saints a lot of credit from an offensive side with their third string quarterback and, and slowly integrating in Taysom Hill. They fought back in both of those games and they've actually played better on the road defensively. Uh, than you would anticipate. So I I think this is a team that is absolutely live against Philadelphia. The Eagles' schedule down the stretch, and this is something we're going to write about a little bit later on this week over at BetSided, is incredibly easy. So even though they're favored, they could lose this game and still have a great opportunity to get into the postseason. There's just far more at stake for New Orleans than there is for Philadelphia. And I think the defense is finally going to start to turn around. I think they can neutralize Jalen Hurts and the rest of this offense. We'll see whether or not Miles Sanders ultimately ends up playing, but that's a play that I'm going to get on, especially if I can get the Saints uh, at plus points, maybe even consider teasing that. Maybe we'll do a, a Saints teaser with the Bills this week, move that line up to uh, I like the sound of that. Seven and a half. And Jack's uh, and money line. Buffalo. Yeah, maybe, maybe maybe this is our our, our show Go teaser of the week. <laughs> I, I like Go it. All right, so we got so we got our plays there. Let's move on to Monday night best bets. 
Uh, we have NFL. You got the Rams, three and a half point favorites on the road against the 49ers with a total of 50 over at WinBet. You got a nice 11 game slate in the association tonight. And of course, there's college hoops on the docket as well. Uh, so, Peter, I will go to you first when you're looking at your favorite bets of the night. Uh, I think you're looking NBA tonight. So, who are you going with? Yeah, Ben, I'm going NBA again. I, I seen this line last night. It opened at Suns minus three. They're playing the Timberwolves on the road. Um, it's now up to four, I believe, at Wimbat. I still love it at that number. Phoenix eight and four against the spread this season, and, and Minnesota's the worst team in the NBA against the spread. They're just three and nine. Um, I'm surprised that the Phoenix, I know they're on a back-to-back, but they blew out the Rockets yesterday, 115-89. Nobody played that many minutes. Chris Paul ended up playing only 29 minutes. I think Devin Booker played 31. Jay Crowder played 24. Like They didn't have to tax themselves to get that win. Um, so obviously on the road is it, it's a on a back to back isn't ideal, but I don't think that this is a game where you're going to see Monty Williams feel like he's got to rest guys because they got the rest yesterday. Um, and the the Suns, they're obviously like I said, they're eight, eight and four against spread. They're they've won eight in a row now. So they started the season one and three. They're now nine and three. Um, and this Minnesota team, I just don't think they're that good. They're 26th in the NBA in offensive rating. Phoenix is in the top 10, eighth in offensive rating, seventh in defensive rating. They're just a better team. I, I love that you can get them at like less than five points. Like NBA games are always, you know, you get the chance for the backdoor cover if somebody's got a big lead at the end of games. But I just think this is a great spot for the Suns um, to, to get to 10 wins. And they're, they're really making a statement in the Western Conference to start this year. Yeah, I think Phoenix was ready to prove that they were not a fluke from last year, considering all the parity that happened in the West. Uh, they were also the best team in the NBA as far as wins against the spread last year. New York actually had the better cover percentage at 61%, but Phoenix 55-38-1 against the spread in 2020 and 2021, already off to a top five start, like you mentioned, 8-4-0 and against the spread, covering 66.7% of their games. What about for you, Reed? I know you're looking college basketball tonight. Nice little Midwestern matchup for us. Yeah, I so I'm looking at this, I wouldn't say it's a trend, but kind of situational spots where veteran teams with a lot of continuity coming in and playing transfer heavy teams. The transfer portal is huge in college basketball nowadays. And I'm really looking at, this is, I'm kind of going reverse here, but I've been looking mid-major underdogs against kind of high major transfer teams. This is now a veteran, in my opinion, top 10 team in the country against a transfer heavy Big East team in Mar uh, Marquette. I'm laying the points of Illinois here. Yes, they lost Ayo Desumu. Yes, Kofi Coburn is suspended still, but they still have Andre Corbello. They still have Trent Frazier. I think that they are going to come out and blast Marquette, who returns less than 20% of their minutes from last season. New coach Shaka Smart still integrating in his system. They did not look very good in the first week. They beat uh, SIU Edwardsville by 11 and New Hampshire by 5. So this is going to take some time in Illinois. Yeah, Michigan and Purdue are kind of getting the headlines going into the year, but Illinois is number four in Ken Palm's rating this season. They are still very, very good. Coleman Hawkins, the sophomore, really has looked good as the big man in Coburn's as Coburn's replacement for now. So Illinois, this is the end of like where I would buy it to at minus nine, but on the road, I'm still laying the points with the Illini. Yeah, and if, for whatever reason, if that number ends up going away, you can go ahead and consider that game live. Maybe Marquette gets off to a bit of a hot shooting mm -hmm. start, uh, and then you can go ahead and, and jump on Illinois live as well. But I think nine is, is a good number there as well. I've loved both of those picks. For me, I'm staying in the NFL. It's kind of a two-parter. We talked about it. I, I do think the 49ers are live. Um, you know, I wrote about this last night over at, at BetSided, how uh, and I spoke to, to one of the odds makers over at WinBet regarding the reverse line movement in this game because they have 95% of the money 
coming in at win bet on the LA Rams, but they've moved the line from where it opened at minus four down to minus three and a half. So they're, they're respecting other books movement, even though they haven't necessarily gotten the money coming in on the San Francisco side, they're sort of following suit. And there's also several of the traders there. And this is something that they talked to us specifically about that are all over San Francisco. They really like that number for them. So that's another indication that if you want to side with the sharps tonight and side with the sports books, Go ahead and jump on 49ers, possibly before this number even moves to plus three. Uh, but on that line, you know, I, I think this is a little bit more of a challenge because it's an anytime touchdown. There's so much variance in the NFL. So many things can happen. But I really like Trey Lance to get into the end zone. I, I think for anybody that saw Cam Newton run in on his first time yesterday against Arizona, yell out, I'm back. I think Kyle Shanahan might have seen that. It might have been, it might have been inspired because he's run Trey Lance in similar types of forms like get San Francisco, especially when they're in the red zone, making sure that Jimmy G does not turn the ball over. They run somebody like Lance, who's so effective in that area. And the Rams aren't good against the run either. They're 14th in run DVOA. They're 23rd in rushing touchdowns allowed. To me, it just makes all the sense of the world. I think this is purely a value play. Six to one odds for Lance, where they typically would run him in this offense anyway. You have a great shot of that being able to turn around, especially against the Rams defense that has struggled against the run. There you have it, guys. Oh, go really ahead. Great point. Kyle Shanahan won the last four against Sean McVay, covered three or four of them as under one outright, uh, four straight, three of them as underdogs. So Shanahan might have McVay's number. So I'm with you on the Niners. Love it. All right. So hopefully all these hit for you guys as well. If you decide to tail it again, there's plenty more content for you guys to check out over at BetSided. Plenty of previews, analysis, same game parlays and props for Monday Night Football tonight as well. Peter will have his best plays in the NBA. We'll have our team prop bets. So if you're looking for content, we got it for you over at BetSided today. So thanks for waking up with us. It's Bet and Breakfast for my guys, Peter and Reed. I am Ben. Great to have you guys with us. We'll be back on Thursday for a brand spanking new edition of Bet and Breakfast. So long, everybody. 